0: I'm Daniel Lenzian, host of Western New York Soundstage, from Buffalo Rising and Local Matters Studios. Western New York Soundstage is a podcast that looks to explore Western New York's creative economy through a series of conversations with artists, musicians, producers, directors, and authors from Western New York and beyond. On today's episode, I speak with Jen Barbee, Associate Director and Director of Development at the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra is a renowned ensemble celebrated for its rich musical tradition. With a commitment to artistic excellence and community engagement, the orchestra's mission is to inspire, educate, and entertain audiences through the power of orchestral music. Through innovative programming and collaborations, the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra is a pillar of excellence in Buffalo's vibrant cultural community. People like Jen Barbie make sure that mission can happen. Now, the director of development at a nonprofit's arts organization can have a lot of different jobs. They can lead strategic fundraising initiatives, cultivate relationships with donors, foundations, and corporate partners to secure financial support for an organization's mission to ensure long-term sustainability and growth. To learn more about the BPO, check out their website at bpo.org. It was fantastic to talk to Jen, and it felt more like a fun conversation than an interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. All right, Jen Barbie, great to speak with you today. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing quite, quite well. Now, this is a very busy time at the BPL where we're recording this right kind of at the end of the holiday season. How has it been going?
1: It has been extraordinary. We welcomed over 22,000 people to the BPO during the holiday season between the Nutcrackers, uh, which we presented at Shays with Neglia Ballet, uh, with our Holiday Pops, or Joanne's Classical Christmas, um, our Jingle Bell Jam. I mean, there's just been so many different wonderful programs that we have done. And this, this is um, it's always a very special time of year at the BPO. But I would say that this year was the first time since the pandemic that it felt, we had so many new faces, made new friends, welcome back old friends. And it just really, I think it certainly put us all in the spirit of the holidays. And we're just so grateful to have that level of support from this community.
0: That's amazing. I- I'd love to ask a personal question and say, of all of these concerts and things that have been happening, what's been exciting for you?
1: Ooh, um, that's an excellent question. Um, I would say that that I really have loved our educational programs. Uh, we do our holiday exceptional kids program. We do a wonderful program at the St. Mary's School for the Deaf. And those are some of the different um, community programs, you know, played down at M&T Bank where you just have different um experiences and you see how sort of this traditional music that people know from a variety of different ways in their lives just bring people together and just make it special and just bring joy I mean it's just it's a joyous time um at the orchestra and so those are my favorite programs but you know I have to say I've I've, I really do I love them all
0: fantastic Uh, are you a native of
1: Buffalo I am not. I moved to Buffalo 13 years ago with my family uh, to work for the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra.
0: Where were you before that?
1: So I was in Virginia. I always joke about it. I'm a Joanne Folletta, our music director. I'm a groupie. I have been with her almost my entire career. So I worked with her at the Virginia Symphony. And then Joanne and our president and executive director, Dan Hart, there were some things that were taking place in Buffalo that they needed help with. So they basically said, you know, can you come up? Can you help us? Can you just get us through this little patch? And here I am, thirteen years later. I am a total Buffalonian, <laughs> and um, uh, basically, our daughter, uh, my husband, my daughter was about eight months old when we moved here, and so you know she's a Buffalo girl. And my parents moved here to help us because um, they were so excited to be with the the new baby. So it's just been Buffalo has been wonderful to us. We love Buffalo, but it has it has embraced us in a way that is just um, is just extraordinary.
0: That's amazing. Is there a story from your life perhaps in Virginia or even before that, maybe from your youth, um, that that uh, sort of defines kind of the work that you do as an adult now, right? Um, were you a musician? Were you in the arts? Were you always interested in development? How did you end up here?
1: That's an excellent question. Um, so I am a musician by training. I was a bassoonist. And it is what is my personal passion. And it is why I love my job so much, because the truth is, is to be one of those musicians on the stage, that's what I wanted to do. And I was very, very good. I mean, I went on and went to conservatory and did all the things you're supposed to do. But it is just few and far between that are actually good enough to play on that stage all the time. And um, you know, I'll, I'll use an example, which is that when we have an audition, you have 200 people from all over the world for one slot um, in an orchestra. And so for me, I really had an epiphany. I got one job and I realized that I was probably not gonna make it on that stage, but I loved it so much that I didn't want to leave. And so I, um, I actually, I ended up uh, getting an internship at the uh, Kennedy Center in Washington, DC to kind of learn all of how to, what is arts administration. And I mean, to be totally honest, uh, you know, I did a variety of different things. I worked for the National Symphony and they basically came to me and said, you're really, really friendly, <laughs> and they're like, "So we think you'll be an excellent fundraiser," and so that's kind of what put me on the trajectory to to really be able to raise money for organizations that that I think makes such a difference in the community, and that I also have such a personal passion for. Mm-hmm.
0: What speaks to you about? You said you mentioned that you're a bassoonist, yes, by trade and, mm-hmm. um, or or by training, and uh, you, you now sort of do so much work with the BPO. What speaks to you about orchestral music?
1: I think what it is, is to me, is one of those few things in life where it's really a shared experience. Everybody comes in for different reasons and for with different um, knowledge bases and with different approaches. And, you know, certainly you go in to have a night of entertainment, uh, to whatever that means to an individual. But in the end, you know, you can listen to a to a, an album, you can listen to the radio, but when you're in a room with 2000 other people experiencing something live that's happening with such an extraordinary, you know, you know, audible sound and the emotions that come through and you do it together, it's just, it's a, you can't replicate that in any way. And I love, because it means so much to me, that's been one of the greatest joys for me is then. You know, meeting someone who's never heard a bassoon before, or meeting someone who has been coming to the BPO for sixty years of their life and has heard that piece of repertoire played by all these illustri- illustrious different composers, musicians, and the different feelings they get every time they hear it. I mean, it's just so much fun to share in that with someone, and to see who's going to come in the future, and to teach the youth that that really the classical music and music in general is something that helps you. Be a, a more well rounded person and, and bring again, I, I keep saying the word joy, but hopefully brings those kind of feelings to you as a person.
0: It's funny, I've been to the BPO a number of times, I always love going, but I always feel like when I leave, I've had an experience, right? Because I feel like from um, when I'm in an audience kind of breathing with other people, your heartbeats sync up, this has been scientifically proven, but also when you feel the vibrations of the sound in the wood and the real instruments, it affects you and hits you in a way that sometimes, you know, a a lot of concerts now that don't have live musicians and no offense to them, right? Where it's a singer singing exact track just Hit differently. It makes you feel differently. I think it affects you in a different way.
1: I totally agree, and it's almost and like you said, it's almost hard to describe. It's why you almost have to be in that moment, and it is. It always it it kind of blows my mind because you know since I've been lucky enough to be in this field for over twenty years, I've been to many many concerts. And it always kind um, con- of constantly blows my mind that it's different each time for a different reason. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, even a different conductor or a different seat or a different experience or even the way you walk in sort of to the experience can make you feel so different, which is why I I am such a fan of the live experience and a feeling as yeah. seeing anything live. Um, I, I think it's just uh, amazing for people. But this is not my interview. This is your interview. No. <laughs> You're so friendly, you've got it's me sort of This It's a shared about. experience.
1: That's what I love. We're <laughs> That's having it. a shared experience now. <laughs> That's it.
0: I- I'm sure um, that being as friendly as you are and having a deep love for orchestral music really does make your job uh, important or fun or enjoyable to do, right? And-, and you also really see the mission of the organization because you love it and because you do connect with people so e- easily.
1: Well, yes. And I mean, I think, you know, the way I view my job, I don't even think of myself as a fundraiser. I mean, it's it's a practical part. Um, you know, organizations like the BPO as a nonprofit, you know, survives on the generosity and kindness of the community and the members of the community and around the world. But I see my job as someone who can help be a connector. I try to make sure that, you know, what what is someone's interest and in, how does that tie to the mission and how does that tie, how can I help them have an even deeper relationship, whether it's with our musicians or our music director Joanne or the different conductors that come through, you know, and, and what is it that how can we help the BPO? You know, I mean I think I guess I should just say it's, you know, it's how can the BPO help its community? And whether that's individuals or whether that's the collective community in different ways. And so that's how I view my job is to really be able to kind of be the conduit to help make it meaningful for everybody and support ultimately in the end, this you know, very vital organization.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask a practical question here because I think that was such an incredible um, job description of what you do at the BPO. Why is a position like a director of development incredibly important for an organization like the BPO?
1: Right. Well, it's incredibly important because it ultimately organizations like this can only earn, you know, probably the national average, and we fall sort of in there is that from ticket sales, you know, about 35% of our budget. And that's just the practical cost of uh, putting on a performance and having, uh, you know, a, a full time. Orchestra of 73 musicians and professional staff. And so it's important to have someone who can help go out and um, find other sources of revenue, whether that's through grants, whether that's through corporate sponsorships, whether that's through individual donations. There's lots of different ways for philanthropy. But I do think it's very important to say that, yes, this position is important because it kind of um, organizes everything. But it takes a village it takes a full team to do this so you know yes i uh, it's my position is important but i have seven extraordinary people who help me we have a volunteer base our board of trustees our different volunteer groups our friends group i mean it takes a a team and a village to make all of this happen and so i'm just thrilled to be able to help kind of you know maybe keep the strategic vision going and kind of keep everyone organized and you know, looking forward, but it's really, it it takes a lot of people to make it happen.
0: Well, I think that's so generous of you and kind of you to uh, recognize. Um, uh, one of my first jobs in New York City, many, many years ago, maybe th- 20 years ago now, and I'm aging myself, was that I was telefundraising for the New York ah, Philharmonic. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, which was an education in itself, right? Because um, you could call up people and talk to them on the phone, and someone hang up, and someone would want to talk to you, and some would donate because they felt really strongly about the uh, organization, and some wouldn't. But what an amazing thing! And to have someone in a position like yourself recognize sort of people who might be doing, because things like that is really incredible and speaks to you as um, a person.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And no, and that is what a wonderful first job, because I mean, that really, you do, you learn, you learn a lot. And like I said, you meet a lot of people in your journey.
0: You sure do. You sure do. Um, I could write I play about that, but again, we're we're sort of getting off <laughs> a wonderful interview because we're sort of, you know, off-roading the whole time. Um, I'd love to know how has your position maybe shifted since starting at the BPO? And that could be from organ the organization, but also even I guess in the wake of COVID-19.
1: Sure. So um, I have been very, very lucky. My position has grown. So I was hired as their director of development 13 years ago, and I'm now currently the associate executive director and vice president of development. So I've had the pleasure of taking on a variety of different roles. I mean, I always joke, you know, I, I get the fancy title. I have to make sure the money comes in. But, you know, I've had the pleasure to be able to work very closely with our board, really work much more closely with our president and executive director on sort of crafting um you know, really the, the the present, but also the future of, you know, the BPO is going to be 90 years old next year. So we're just a small part of a very big picture. And it's really sort of our duty to make sure that the orchestra is here 50, 100 years even from now. And so that's that's how my position has grown a little bit is to see, you know, to make sure that we're just moving the BPO forward for generations to come.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, I know too, and and we can talk about this or not talk about this, but that post-pandemic ticket sales have been down or have sort of have shifted a little bit in terms of people's habits have shifted, people who felt really comfortable going out are sort of, I think now finally coming back, but there has been a shift in terms of, I'm sure, uh, ticket sales or how many are being sold. And as you said earlier, that really only covers about 30% of an organization's budget.
1: Yeah, no, it's been pretty um, eye-opening. I mean, it's been a very tough situation. I'll I'll take it from the positive, which is that, Please. and I think Buffalo is has is is extraordinary. I mean, it the the love of its orchestra and and not just the orchestra, really all of its cultural institutions is extraordinary. And when you realize that we're a very much a mid-sized market and what is invested, this whole community punches above its weight. And um, you know, I think I would say that people really stepped up to fill in the gap. But yes, I mean, our tickets today, I mean, we basically lost 50% of our subscribers. We went um, and then we have basically been working on a plan to bring us back to pre-pandemic levels. It's, it's gonna take over four years. So we're in year three. And every year we have seen incremental growth. We have people coming back. Unfortunately, there's some people who can't come back for a variety of different reasons. But we've also seen a lot of new people, younger people, more broader representation of our community. So there's there's good, but it's it's taking time. And to make sure that the organization stays healthy, we've just had to ask our community even more and more to support the orchestra, you know, as as we're growing back and and as a whole, particularly from individual support, um, uh, it's it they really have, which is amazing.
0: And I'm always surprised um, by the amazing kind of just array of programming that the BPO offers. I think a couple of weeks ago, I just wrote up uh, something about the Rock series, which sounds amazing. Yes. There's just kind of so much that's sort of shifting and happening, and so many great things, um, and, and so many great uh, points of access for people to kind of stick their toe in uh, to sort of get to know the organization.
1: Totally. And I think that's something that makes this orchestra special. I mean, you know, if you, if I put together a little pie chart for you, you know, you would find that actually 50% of what we do are either our educational or our free community outdoor concerts, like what we do in the summer or in different, you know, uh, different venues throughout the region. Um, You know, our classics program is just a small pie wedge. You know, you have popular programming that might be more like Broadway or, you know, uh, r b or jazz. You have your rock series, like you said, um, different specials. And it's because, you know, not not everyone's going to like the same thing. But again, it goes back to that shared experience of live music and how an orchestra can enhance any type of experience you want to have. And these extraordinarily gifted musicians. So, you know, it is really fun. I mean, I, I always say and, and we try to even sell You know, you certainly can purchase individual tickets, but even our packages that we sell to help people save money, you can populate from all the different things that we do. So we say that we have something literally for everyone.
0: Now, I think that's 100% true. And I also just, I think personally want to underscore just the importance of supporting an organization that does provide things sort of outdoors in the summer uh, for free, all those kinds of things, because I have sort of lived all across the US. I am now uh, more based in Buffalo than I've ever been before. But uh, in living in different cities, and I love what you said earlier about Buffalo punching above its weight. Some cities uh, don't have the kind of uh, uh, cultural infrastructure that Buffalo does, which does make it's such a wonderful and incredible place to live right so so the offerings that buffalo has including what the bpo offers just aren't there like it just doesn't exist in some cities and so i think that supporting an organization like this to kind of keep it going and keep sort of just the lifeline and the cultural lifeline of buffalo alive and well is incredibly important
1: oh i couldn't agree with you more i mean so i i too have lived sort of all over the all over the united states at different times and you know, that was the thing. My husband and I weren't particularly familiar with Buffalo. I mean, we knew about the Buffalo Philharmonic, but it was just things that you would hear on NPR, usually about the weather, which I also think is totally, totally overrated. Uh, There's many other places in the United States that have much tougher uh, weather uh, than we do. But, um, you know, it's one of those situations that when we came up here to, to interview and to talk, they were very smart and brought my husband and we were just blown away. I mean, I swear, and I think it's changing, which makes me very happy. Buffalo has been the best kept secret because you do have such a thriving cultural scene. You have extraordinary restaurants, the natural beauty and resources. I mean, within a 20 minute drive, the feeling that you can have in different communities is completely different. I mean, it is, you know, it's, I like I said, we we have chosen to make it our home and it is, uh, it's wonderful. And I do think the fact again, that I think Buffalonians take care of one another and their resources. And I think it's, you see it in the cultural community. I mean, how lucky are you that you can go see professional theater and then hear a professional orchestra and then go to these extraordinary art museums and then go, I mean, there's just, it's just wonderful. And all in, in a much easier way of most of the time, very affordable. So that is, that is, and I think, I think everyone tries to find ways to continue to take down those barriers so that everybody can participate in all those things, as well as the sports and all these other good things.
0: Mm. Uh, I'd love to know, and this is kind of a funny question, and I don't know necessarily how it's going to land, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What surprises you uh, in your position at the BPO?
1: Mm, That's a good question. What surprises me? I think... What continues to surprise me, and in the best way possible, is just the generosity of the members of this community. Because you know, it's not that people just support the BPO; they're supporting so many different things. And um, and I think that we all try to work together to to make that you know to make sure because it makes the community stronger. You know, you don't want to just have someone support one thing. And I guess for me, it's the generosity, but it's the genuine passion. I mean, they genuinely care. And even if they're only here five months out of the year and they've chosen to retire different places, Buffalo is home. They want to see this community thrive. They want it to thrive for the next generation. And, you know, I find it inspiring. And I find it inspiring that people continue to make it a priority. I mean, it can, you know... I, it was, a you know, when you're talking about moving here, I still remember the first time we had a concert and there was like, you know, three feet of snow and I was like, no one will come and we did not cancel. And I would, you know, people were there three hours early, but they just sat in the lobby. I mean, because it's, you know, it it doesn't slow them down. It's, 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 this is just a great place. And, um, I'm just continuously surprised and feel very lucky to be able to have discovered Buffalo and live here.
0: If people are interested, if they hear this interview and feel like they want to support the BPO, uh, in what ways can they do so?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many different ways. I mean, you certainly have the traditional ways of making a, you know, whether it's a cash or stock or some type of IRA contribution, which is a normal donation. But I mean, we are always looking for volunteers. We're looking for, I mean, we call it, I mean, ambassadors. We need to have people spread the word. I mean, I think. The one thing I've seen with Buffalo is that as it continues to evolve, there's a lot of different activities going on. So, you know, somebody will be like, "Oh, I didn't know that the BPO had this concert. I would have loved to have gone." So, spread the word. You know, continue to let people know that it's a welcoming place for everyone, and that you know there's great um, opportunities, experiences, and that it's it's. I think sometimes orchestras have an idea that it's going to be more formal. It's really not. It, this is it's it's really a chance to come just to to be who you are and to enjoy the music with your neighbors
0: wonderful um uh let's say let's say 15 years in the future right and i know that uh, maybe you're not sort of the guiding vision of the organization but on a personal note 15 years from now what would you love to see uh with the bpo or from the bpo
1: Mm. Um, I would love to see it be in a very healthy financial position. I would love to see, I can't express to you how extraordinary the members of the orchestra are, the musicians that you see up on that stage. I would love to see, um, obviously, the people that we have there, the new people who will come in, maybe even a few more musicians. Um, I want to see a community that feels like they know their orchestra and know their music directors and that it's a vital piece um, to to what makes their daily life positive and just to have the orchestra be really something, continue to be just an essential part of the Buffalo fabric.
0: Fantastic. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Those are my questions, but I always like to end an interview by just asking, is there anything that you feel that was left unsaid or anything that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um, No, I think it's been wonderful talking with you. I mean, I would just say that this is uh, our music director, Joanne Fletta's 25th anniversary season. And I must say, every year, I'm always like, oh, it can't get any better than this. But it, this season is awesome. And obviously, even though we've had a great start to the season, we still have um, a whole 2024 going into the summer. We have a lot of wonderful programs of every genre. So I would encourage anyone to check out www.bpo.org to see what's going on. And we would welcome and love to see you at Kleinhans and out in the community
0: fantastic i will absolutely put that in the show notes but as you were speaking another question popped into my head and i do have to ask it if you don't mind for a student that might be getting um let's say a a degree in any kind of art um could you just tell them a little bit maybe about what uh uh, uh, the the sort of joys or kind of the other path they may take into arts administration just on a personal note right like how it may be enriched your life or how it's kept you involved in the arts or anything like that the reason i ask is i am a professor at a, a fredonia state university and sometimes. I think my students listen to this, and I just thought, "Hey, if I have the opportunity to say here's another path that you could take, why not ask it?" So, would you mind speaking on that yeah. for a minute or two? Oh,
1: totally. And you know, the truth is, is that there's so much more um, that you can do in arts administration. And I think that um, I think I think it's a couple things, and and is that number one is that the majority of arts nonprofits are very small, so there is not just siloed positions. So when you go into arts administration. You can learn how to, you know, there's so many things that have to go on behind the scenes, which is obviously the operations. That you have the artistic planning, you have the programming that helps the music directors. You have how do you market? How do you tell the story? How do you raise the money? How do you liaise with boards and with government officials? How do you? I mean, so there's, you know, it's one of the, and of course the finance team. I mean, how do you put it all together and make sure that. you're keeping the lights on. I mean, so it's one of those things that, you know, it is, it is a business. And um, uh, it's, it's one that doesn't look to make a profit. But if you're interested in have following your personal passion and finding a way there's, there's a place for lots of different skill sets and personalities. And I think the thing that's great about it is that because usually you have those chances to, to do different things as you can grow, you can find out you can start in one way, and grow into something other. And so I always say for, to be in the arts is that your job is never boring and your job is never done.
0: And it's a wonderful collaboration between the analytical and the creative. hundred percent. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for chatting today. It was excellent. I'm going to put all the information for the BPO in the show notes, but thank you so much for your time. It was fantastic to talk to you and I hope awesome. we see each other at Kleinhand soon. That's
1: awesome and nice to meet you. Nice <laughs> Thanks for having you. me. <laughs> all right.
0: It was great to talk to Jen Barbie today. If you would like to learn more about the BPO, including ticket sales, programming, or ways to support the organization, visit their website at bpo.org. This episode was produced by Jessica Marinelli. Addison Schoonmacher engineered this episode. In addition to this podcast, you can check out our local event guides posted bi-monthly on buffalorising.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you like this show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Western New York Soundstage from Buffalo Rising and Local Matters Studios.